What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Welcome everybody to episode 26 of What the Funk. And we're talking about, should you work out while you're on your period? Maybe, maybe not. Um, one of, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about is cycle-based training. Um, and it's one of those things where it, some people kind of get it right, kind of get it wrong. And the reality is there's no true right or wrong way to implement this. It's so dependent on the individual. So what we're going to dive into today is what is cycle-based training? What are the basics you need to know? Um, and when is it appropriate to implement and when is it not appropriate to implement? So what is cycle-based training? So cycle-based training is basically the concept of undulating your training intensity or training schedule, training activities based on what phase of your menstrual cycle you are in. So some cycle basics, we have four phases of our menstrual cycle. We have the follicular phase, which is the uh, phase directly after your period, which lasts about seven to 10 days, your ovulatory phase, which is about three to four days, your luteal phase, which is 10 to 14 days. And usually can be split into your early luteal and your late luteal phase. And then your actual menstrual phase, which, um, for somebody who has a regular cycle from 28 to 30, 31 days is going to be, um, about 47 days. And this is, this is, if you're having a regular natural cycle, you are not on hormonal birth control and you're having on average a 28 to 30 day cycle. This is going to be really applicable. Um, I will give some considerations for if you are on hormonal birth control, how you can still leverage this is going to be more or less the same as if you have a natural cycle. So if you are on hormonal birth control and you're thinking, mm, this isn't for me, just keep listening because you can still tap into what your body's natural rhythms are wanting to follow. Even if you are on hormonal birth control, and that is a path that you've chosen to stick with. And that's totally okay. So um, I also, just for reference, usually refer to day one of the cycle as the first day of the follicular phase. Um, Western medicine has uh, historically taught us that the first day of menstruation is the first day of your cycle. And that was really because it was easier for, um, <laughs> for lack of being politically correct, I suppose, that was what the old dead white guys decided was best for us as far as managing um, how to determine when our cycle is starting and ending. But when we think about it, the menstrual phase, that shedding of the lining is actually the end of our cycle. So I like to tap into um, what is actually happening within my body and not what somebody else is telling me what's happening within my body. And so I always, for my purposes and for the purpose of my clients, I refer to day one as the first day of the follicular phase, which is the day after you have finished bleeding. So, okay, let's get into it. So what is happening during our menstrual cycle that it would make sense for us to tap into some kind of cycle-based training, regardless of what your activity is, whether it's um, running, yoga, weightlifting, hiking, any combination of those things. Uh, the first thing to know is that your peak point 
in your cycle for energy, for hormones, for hitting PRs, for taking an extra long run, for doing that extra difficult yoga pose is going to be during ovulation going into the first few days of your early, of your luteal phase, that early luteal phase. This is going to be sort of that peak of your hormones. It's also going to be the peak of your energy. And it's also going to be where you're least likely to have risk of injury. Um, there's been some interesting studies done where, um, you know, they've looked at female athletes and seen that a lot of times performance as well as injury performance decreases as well as injury can sometimes risk of injury can increase during the late luteal phase or those, um, you know, five to seven days before your actual period which is just something to be considered of. Now, is it really like, oh, I need to avoid all activity during the time? No, but just to be mindful of where am I going to peak and where am I going to maybe have a little less gas in the tank? And where you're going to have a little less gas in the tank is during that late luteal and menstrual phase. So we're talking five to seven days before your period and during your actual period. Now this can fluctuate from individual to individual. For example, within my menstrual phase, I find that I have the lowest energy two to three days before menstruation um, and during the first two days of my cycle. Um, and then I kind of start to feel a little bit better after that. Um, and so what I like to do is I like to then tamper down my intensity as well as my output and maybe even switch to some more um, low impact activities during the late luteal and during my menstrual phase. And then what I like to do, what I recommend people to do is um, still kind of give yourself a little bit of a break during those first one to two days after your period and then start to ramp intensity back up. So you have this like wave happening essentially where during your first day after your period, you're sort of increasing intensity, increasing intensity. And then during ovulation for those next few days into the very early luteal phase, you're at your peak and then it kind of tampers back down a little bit. And then you have a couple days of rest and then you just kind of start that process all over again. Now, what if you're going, well, Elena, what if I feel really good during my period and I wanna train or I wanna go lift weights or I wanna go hard during my period? This is what I always say. You do you, boo-boo. You can make whatever decision you want to make for your body. However, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, and what I mean by this is if you are overtaxing your body, you are in um, a lot of uh, doing a lot of intense activity during menstruation, you're likely, likely robbing your body of energy to be able to give during other parts of your cycle, if that makes sense. So it's almost like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Hmm, I feel good. I can do this. So I'm going to go hard. And then a week later, when you ideally should be feeling a little bit more energetic, you feel gassed. Um, and so what I would recommend is just because you can't doesn't mean you should. And if you're wondering if this is a strategy that could benefit you, in just your general energy management, as well as managing energy for your professional life, for your personal life, try it for a month or two and see how you feel. Now, what if you are doing something like yoga and or running? This is what I would recommend. Um, if you're doing like yoga Pilates, I would save tackling your hardest poses, your longest poses, your longest sessions, um, your more intense sessions, because we know that Yoga isn't just yoga. Pilates isn't just Pilates. There's variations of intensity within any activity. Um, and I have some clients who are yoga instructors and they do yoga and they do incorporate it into their overall programming. Um, and we do the same thing for them. It's like, okay, what is like your most intense yoga session look like that you attend? And they're like, well, it's this style of yoga and I have these things that I try. I'm like, cool. So save those for your 
you know, coming out of your period, going into ovulation, and then during your luteal menstrual phase, do more restorative, do more low intensity, do less, um, you know, holding things for longer, maybe modify a pose or modify a movement so that it's a little less taxing on the body. Same thing for running. Maybe save your longer runs or your distance runs or your more um, high-speed runs for potentially during your ovulatory, early luteal, end of your follicular phase, and then save like your recovery runs more for your menstrual phase or how you schedule your runs. Like let's say in the course of a week, you have a distance run, a time run, and a recovery run. Modulate how those look from week to week. So you still fit in a distance and a speed and a recovery in within during one week of let's say your follicular phase, but maybe then what it looks like, how those are scheduled, the distance, intensity, the length, et cetera, looks different during your menstrual phase. So you're still scaling back. Now, if you're thinking about, okay, what does a like potential schedule look like if I have multiple activities that I'm partaking in? So for example, I enjoy running. I like to run outdoors. I like to run on trails and I enjoy weightlifting. And I also enjoy doing, um, I do like hikes or if I can't get out to do a hike, I usually do like an incline walk on the treadmill or my Stairmaster with my pack that is loaded down, (laughs) which is really intense. It's really intense. And so what I like to do is I will honestly take off those few days of like my menstrual cycle from doing any kind of running any kind of intensity walking. Because when I think about too, if I'm carrying my pack, I have it hooked around my hips. That can be a little uncomfortable for my hips and my pelvis to be carrying that weight during that time of the month. So I just don't do my walks there with the weight. And I might opt for doing just a regular incline walk, maybe at a lower incline, a lower speed than what I would typically do with my pack loaded down with the incline jacked up to 10, with the speed up to like three to 3.2 miles per hour. And I'm giving my body just a little bit of a break, but I'm still maintaining my training schedule, right? So now if I also enjoy doing running and weightlifting, my weightlifting during my late luteal, those for me, two to three days pre-period and during the first two days of my cycle is going to look like maybe I take an extra rest day. My RPE or my rate of perceived exertion is going to be RPE five to six versus RPE seven to eight. So I'm backing off on intensity. Maybe I'm doing more hypertrophic rep ranges, which is higher rep ranges. Um, that doesn't mean they're less intense, but it's a little bit easier for me to hit like a hypertrophy rep range versus like a strength rep range, which is going to be an that like three to six um, range, or sometimes I can even stay within like six to eight, depending on what the movement is. So like, let's say for example, squats, I typically like to do at least, um, you know, one round of squats per week at a rep range of um, three to five per set. And I do like four to five sets of three to five reps. And that's going to be a little bit heavier, a little bit slower moving. I might just instead do a slightly lighter weight and do eight to 10 reps or six to eight reps. And instead of doing five sets, I might do three. And even that is going to be backing off on intensity for me, right? So that's how you can adjust depending on what you're doing with different activities. And if you're balancing in activities, maybe I'm also adding in more of a recovery-based run that week um, that's a little bit slower, a little bit shorter rather than an extra lifting session over the course of those, what for me really amounts to five days out of the month where I'm really not feeling like I want to give so much energy, but I want to maintain my movement routine. Now, why is this important? Um, It's important because um, as individuals, uh, we have 
what's called the infradian rhythm, which is very, very different from the circadian rhythm. The circadian rhythm is going to be your 24-hour clock, where your infradian rhythm is any type of cycle that is longer than 24 hours. So your infradian rhythm is that 28 to 30 day cycle of your menstrual cycle um, because it's going over the course of more than one day. And why does this matter? Well, what happens when you're also trying to gas yourself in your training, but you're low energy from your period and you also have a lot of demand at work? How do you fluctuate and where do you fluctuate? We're taught, especially as women, we're taught that we have to be on and showing up in every single area on every single day and checking all of the boxes the same way. The reality is, is that we are not gonna be able to show up the same exact way every single day and we're not meant to biologically we are not meant to we have different phases within our energy within our hormones that's impacted that that will that is impacted by the follicular ovulatory luteal and menstrual phases that we were never taught to account for. We were taught to just push through, right? We think about like the tampon commercials of the girls on their period and they're roller skating and they're riding bikes and they're doing tennis and they're going dancing with their friends. And it's like, it's okay to not do that. You're okay. You can be a lump on the couch. It's okay. And we, it's really difficult to release that guilt of resting. Um, you know, there's almost like a stigma to I'm on my period. I'm not going to do anything. Um, and it's not that you don't have to sit there and do nothing, but it's that you are allowed to adjust how much energy you're giving to various parts of your life, including exercise. You are not, as an individual, meant to show up at the same intensity every single day with your movement. Even people who are doing power lifting or power hypertrophy lifting schedules, um, they, we will, and even I do this for my clients, I shift how many reps, how many sets, what is the intensity, what is the movement pattern, what is the order of the movement pattern, what are we bringing in as far as time and retention for people because we're not meant to do the same thing every single day, day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year. We have to adjust and adapt in order to see whatever results that we're trying to see. Now, the benefit to doing like a cycle-based training is that it can actually also really help with any sort of excess anxiety that you might be feeling, especially if you have a lot of anxiety during PMS. And it can actually create less of an imbalance within your hormones because you're not asking more from your body than it's really truly willing to give at that time. And this means that you're going to have less PMS. You're going to have an easier cycle. You're maybe going to have less cramps. Um, and one thing that you can do too is stick to some gentle stretching, right? If all you, if you are one of those individuals who has historically more intense periods with like in, more intense cramps, sticking to some gentle movement, like restorative yoga, that's completely on the floor and um, that's maybe like 15, 20 minutes long or like a hip opening type of yoga. I have a pelvic floor release that I program in for my clients that they can do while they're on their period that helps just open the hips, relax and stretch out the pelvic floor. So that way there's less discomfort during their cycles, right? Even doing something like that is going to be really beneficial and improve your experience in your body because your period doesn't have to be your enemy. And in fact, what happens here is when you start to adjust your training intensity to your cycle, you also start to realize that you have more energy to give in other areas of your life. So during the week of your period, maybe you're feeling gassed at work too, and you know that you have to give more energy in that bucket of your life because you don't physically have as much energy to give to the physical output side of things. 
Well, now that energy is more well-balanced because you're not trying to pull and overdraw essentially your count on how much your body is willing to give and you can stay more in balance for the next couple of weeks. And this has actually been a subtle shift that individuals can make that really makes a big difference. Now, when is it appropriate to consider implementing any type of cycle-based training? And the number one thing that I tell people is the once you're consistent in some kind of routine, that is when you can start to consider bringing in cycle-based training. Because if you're not consistently showing up, it doesn't make sense to adjust from week to week or phase to phase because you don't have enough data to truly know how to adjust or what to adjust to if you're not showing up consistently with movement to begin with. So step one is just can you show up consistently three to four days a week at a minimum? Sometimes people can do five days a week. I don't really recommend doing more than five days of targeted exercise per week. In fact, I find the sweet spot for realistic people who we've got the jobs, we got the families, we've got all, we got the hobbies, we have the lives, and, you know, friends and, and other things that we want to do. Four days a week is really a good sweet spot that people can stick to consistently. Um, unless you have something that specific that you're training for that requires you to sacrifice time in another era of your life to get that fifth day in a week. I say four days is pretty consistent. Um, start with two, work your way up to three, and then work your way up to four. But if you're not showing up consistently, there's not enough information there to tell you what you need to adjust and how, um, right? How do you know to adjust from what you did a week and a half, two weeks ago, if you didn't do it a week and a half, two weeks ago? Does that make sense? Hopefully that does. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to ask that question and you guys are listening, so you can't answer me, but hopefully that clicks for you. Now, um, how do I know when I should do this? Now, once you're consistent with movement, the three things that I look for in an individual when it's like, okay, it's appropriate to start implementing this. Because again, it's not something that everybody has to do, but it is one of my favorite things to do, especially with my clients, is one, if you are somebody who struggles with PMS, right? You, you have crazy mood swings, you get really bloated, you get just you turn into the, the wicked witch of the West. Um, you, maybe you cry at everything. You have horrible cramps. Um, if you have horrible PMS and a horrible experience during your period, this is a sign that your energy management is usually out of balance. And that energy management will cause your sex hormones to be out of balance. And that requires some fine tuning on your part. Now, the beautiful thing about this is that doing cycle-based training requires no adjustment on the part of the food that you were eating or any kind of supplements you were taking. And I love this like low hanging fruit of, I don't have to change anything else that I'm doing except for how intense and what type and or what type of activity I'm doing. And it doesn't require me to add in another supplement or add in or take out a specific food, right? It's, it's very low hanging fruit, even if it can be kind of a weird concept to adjust to at first. So if you're somebody who has a lot of PMS, right? And we know that you're exercising on a somewhat consistent basis, then it might be time to look into what does cycle-based training look like within my life and my schedule and my movement preferences. Um, the second thing that I look for with an individual, um, of, is it appropriate to implement cycle-based training is do we, and are we planning to come off of hormonal birth control? Um, a lot of times some, implementing something like cycle-based training will help the sex hormones get back into balance with each other faster because we're not overtaxing other areas of the body, which allows our body to preserve. It's, our body's first instinct is to preserve 
baby making abilities. That's what it's biologically wired to do. Um, if we're working within that scope of how do I make this the best experience possible, especially for coming off of birth control, um, that's when it might be appropriate to implement cycle-based training. Now, the third thing that I like to look at for somebody who is dealing with cycle-based training is how is their energy management in other areas of their lives? If their energy management is just out of balance in general, sometimes implementing cycle-based training can help them regain energy to give in other areas of their lives during different parts of their cycle. And they start to see less stress. They're able to focus better for work. They're able to be more present with their families. And so when I find somebody that's constantly overwhelmed, that they're constantly feeling like they're trying to catch up on their to-do list, that every check-in they're like, oh, I'm just so stressed. I'm just so stressed. I'm like, let's tap into what's going on with your body on a more intimate level, get to know it. And let's start adjusting how you're showing up in certain areas of your life by giving you back some more energy and removing the stigma of having to go at full speed ahead every single day. Now, how do I adapt this if I am on hormonal birth control? Um, now, if you are on hormonal birth control, essentially what you're gonna do is you're just gonna treat every other every seven days as a different phase of your cycle. So you treat your week one as your follicular phase, kind of increasing intensity. Then week two is gonna be your ovulatory phase where you're like, I've got everything. I'm the queen, I am woman, hear me roar. I can do all the things. And then going into your first week of your luteal phase, kind of maintaining that energy and then dropping back down over the next seven to 10 days to lower that energy, lower that output. And what this is really helpful for is if you are on a pill during, you can essentially see like, what is your week one, week two, week three, week four. Um, and what's funny is that even my individuals who have been on IUDs and I've implemented this with them, they start to notice their body has sort of almost like pseudo like period symptoms or PMS symptoms on a monthly basis now once they start tapping into what their body's natural rhythm would be if they weren't on hormonal birth control. Well, what's cool about this is they start to enjoy their training more. They start to give themselves a little bit more of a break during that late luteal into the menstrual phase, and they start to show up better with just less stress overall. So this can work even if you are on hormonal birth control. So to recap, what is cycle-based training? It is training by matching your training intensity and energy output and activity choices to what phase of your cycle you are in. So in that follicular phase, kind of ramping up intensity, hitting your peak at your ovulatory phase into the early luteal, coming back down in intensity and output through the late luteal into the menstrual, and then just rinse and repeat. This might look like train, uh, how much weight you're pushing, how many reps you're doing, how intense you're going, how far you're running, how much you're running, um, what type of yoga activity you're doing, what style of Pilates you are doing. Um, and it could also be something that helps you better manage your energy through your personal and professional lives and relationships and tasks that you have to meet. So, um, it's really beneficial for individuals who have a consistent routine with their movement. Um, if you don't have a consistent routine yet, um, cycle-based training, I'm sorry, is not going to be for you. You have to have a consistent routine in order to sort of reap the benefits of this. Um, and that's one thing that I want to just say is this is not something that's going to be like an end. It's not, it's not a fix all. It is not the end all be all. It's sort of the icing on the cake. Once you have some basic habits really, really mastered. Um, and you can, make this work for you, even if you are on a hormonal birth control, whether you are on the pill or an IUD. So that is the basics of cycle-based training. Um, if you have 
further questions on this or you want me to dive into a specific topic around this um, or even with a specific type of movement or activity, send me a DM on Instagram at elena.m.fit and I will happily do more podcast content on how this works or even, you know, it would be fun to maybe do a few Instagram posts or carousel posts on how do you do cycle-based training with running? How do you do cycle-based training with yoga? And if that's something that you want to see, I want to hear from you because my content is here to support this community and to inform this community. And I want to, I want to know what you guys want to see. Um, now if you have a specific topic you want me to cover on the podcast, feel free again to DM me and I would be happy to get that into the mix, into the podcast schedule. I have a lot of fun things planned coming up here for the podcast and some great interviews scheduled as well. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating and a review. It really helps the podcast get in front of other eyes and pushes us more in essentially the podcast algorithm, if you will. And if you are listening and you're enjoying this, why don't you take a screenshot, share it to your story and tag me at elena.m.fit on Instagram. I would love to see and hear um, you guys listening to the podcast and get your thoughts on everything. So thank you so much again for tuning in to another episode of What the Funk. Catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the What The Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time.